Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. Bible Society is to help you understand and enjoy your Bibles. The primary way we seek to do this is by following God's principle of rightly dividing the word of truth, as he instructs his church to do in 2 Timothy 2.15. When we rightly divide God's word, things just fall into place, and it helps us understand our Bibles better, because we see God's plans for the nation of Israel, and we see God's plans for the body of Christ. To rightly divide means we need to make a distinction between prophecy and the mystery. Now, by prophecy, we mean God's program for Israel, which God made known in the prophetic scriptures and through the prophets of old from the beginning of the world. And this concerned God's plans and purposes for the earth and an eternal kingdom that God will establish on it one day. By the mystery, we mean God's program for the church, the body of Christ, which God had said nothing about and was hid in God from the beginning of the world and was first revealed and made known to the Apostle Paul. The revelation of the mystery concerns God's plans and purposes for the heavenlies and our exaltation in Christ there for all eternity. Our best-selling book at the Breen Bible Society year in and year out is Things That Differ by Cornelius R. Stam, the founder of the Berean Bible Society. In this book, Pastor Stam clearly shows the things that differ between God's plans for the earth through Israel and God's plans for the heavenlies through the church, the body of Christ. In this work, Pastor Stam takes a close look at the dispensations of God, Israel's fall, the last days for Israel and the last days for the body of Christ. He compares the ministries of the Twelve and of Paul, of Peter's authority and Paul's authority, and the dispensational place of miraculous signs and water baptism. Within the book is a side-by-side comparison of prophecy and mystery, which we recently had published in tract form. And so I'd like to walk through this comparison chart together to show the clear distinctions in God's word between the two hopes and two programs of God of prophecy and mystery. The first distinction is that prophecy concerns a kingdom, a political organization. Daniel chapter 2 verse 44 says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Also within the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now that, what the Lord gives in the Lord's Prayer about the kingdom, is a definition of what the kingdom on the earth will be. It will be God's will done in the earth as it is in heaven. And it will be an eternal kingdom, as Daniel 2.44 says. And it will be a government of God. 
Now, the prophetic scriptures are just loaded with teachings and prophecies concerning this earthly kingdom. And there's much that we learn about the kingdom. Now, the mystery, though, in distinction from that, concerns a body, a living organism. You see the focus of that within Paul's epistles being on the church, the body of Christ, whereas under prophecy, the focus is on the kingdom that will be established on the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 27 says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Under the mystery program, it's about a body of believers in Christ, who are one in Christ, who share His life and strength, who all have the same Holy Spirit, and have the same hope of heaven. So you see a distinction between prophecy concerning a kingdom and the mystery concerning the body of Christ. The second distinction is that under prophecy, we learn how the kingdom is to be established on the earth. And you see that throughout the prophetic scriptures. Jeremiah 23.5 is an example. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth, it says there. Daniel chapter 2, verse 35 says, Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now that's talking about the Lord's kingdom, the stone that smote the image becoming a great mountain. Within the prophetic scriptures, the image of a mountain speaks of a kingdom. And he's talking about that great mountain, that great kingdom of the Lord's kingdom and how it will fill the whole earth. And that it is, it'll be a worldwide kingdom when the Lord establishes His kingdom here on the earth. Under the mystery, in distinction from this, the body of Christ, we learn, is given a position in the heavenlies. Colossians chapter 1, verse 5 says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2 say, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Consistently, throughout prophecy, you learn about an earthly kingdom hope for God's people. But then you see very clearly in Paul's epistles that there is a hope laid up for us in heaven. And this has caused many people to be confused as to exactly where their eternal hopes reside. But when you rightly divide the word of truth, everything falls into place. But some think, when they don't understand, they think, well, we're going to be in heaven when we, when we die. Some think, well, we're going to be in the earth, in the earthly kingdom. Others think, well, we're going to be in heaven for a little while, and then when Christ comes at His second coming, we're coming back to the earth for all eternity. But when you rightly divide the word, you see how Israel and the saints saved under that program, under prophecy, how they had an earthly hope when calling to reign with Christ on the earth in the kingdom. 
But for those who are saved within the dispensation of the grace of God, from the Apostle Paul to the rapture of the church, we all have a heavenly hope in calling and to reign with Christ in the heavenlies forever and ever. So we're not coming back with Christ at the second coming to the earth. We're staying there in heaven for all eternity. That is our hope. The direction of the hope held out by the Apostle Paul in his epistles is up and above, as he puts it. Now, in the eternal state, we may come back to the earth to visit the earth and the saints here, but it will not be our home. It's like when we travel somewhere in life for a visit and we enjoy our time there, we stay there for a while, but it's not home. And in the back of our mind, we are always thinking about when it's time to go back home. And this earth is not our home. And in the eternal state, it won't be our home. Heaven is our eternal home and is where we will reign with Christ forever. The third distinction is that under prophecy, Christ is to be its king. Whereas under the mystery, we learn that Christ is its living head. But under prophecy, we read things such as Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we learn about Christ sitting upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order, to establish that kingdom with judgment and justice. And I like how the end of that verse puts it, the zeal of the Lord will perform this. This will be literally fulfilled one day. Zechariah 14.9 puts it very clearly too, where it says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth, and that day there shall be one Lord in his name, one. But in distinction from this, we see that under the mystery, Christ is talked about as being the head of the church, the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23 speak of Christ's exaltation and says of him that he is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Colossians 1.18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Under prophecy, Christ's primary office was king. He is to be enthroned as the king over Israel and the world in the earthly kingdom. Under the mystery program, however, Christ's primary office is as the head of the church, the body of Christ. Now, Christ is the King Eternal and the King of Kings. These are the very words of the Apostle Paul that he uses to describe Christ in his epistles in 1 Timothy 1.17 and chapter 6, verse 15. So personally, I don't have a problem when Christ is called King today, but there is a distinction that needs to be drawn. And it is that within God's program with Israel, that Christ is to be her king, 
literally ruling over her in the kingdom of heaven on the earth. That is his primary office under prophecy. But under the revelation of the mystery, we learn how Christ is building his church, the body of Christ today. And within that church, Christ is our living head. He is supreme Lord, and he is over the church as its head. And he is our head for all eternity as we reign, as we, the body of Christ, reign with him in the heavenlies. That is his primary office under the mystery. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. If you'd like to receive a free complimentary copy of this comparison track, Basic Distinctions Between Prophecy and the Mystery, just contact us by calling us at 262-255-4750 or email us at berean at bereanbiblesociety.org and give us your mailing address and we'll be happy to send you a free copy. We also sell them in packs of 25 for $3 and packs of 100 for $10. If you'd like to order them, you can order them through our website at bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Distinction is that under prophecy, we learn how the kingdom was prophesied since the world began. Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 70 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. Acts 3.21 says, Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. But in distinction from that, we learn that the mystery, in the mystery program, under that we learn that the body was chosen in Christ before the world began, but it was kept secret since the world began, that revelation. Romans 16.25 says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. The mystery was kept secret before Paul, kept secret by God. He had never revealed it. And then it was when Paul came, then he fully made known that mystery to Paul to make known to the world. The secret that God had kept secret is no longer a secret. The secret's out. And God says in Ephesians 3, 9, that we are to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. The mystery, though, sadly, is still a mystery to many. But God wants all to know about it, wants all to be taught it, wants all to see it, because it reveals what God is doing today under grace. The fifth distinction is that under prophecy, Israel is to be given supremacy over the nations, whereas under the mystery, Jew and Gentile 
are placed on the same level before God. This is a big distinction to be made about these two programs. Isaiah 61, 6 says, But ye, that is Israel, shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 13 says, The Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and the Lord shall make thee the head, not the, not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. But then you come to the mystery program and the message revealed to the Apostle Paul, and in his epistles you learn that Jew and Gentile have now been placed on the same level before God. Under Israel's program, Israel was the primary one in the the people of God, the chosen people, and the Gentiles were underneath the Jews. But now, Romans 10 verse 12 says, under grace, he says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. That's a huge distinction in God's word. And it shows you something changed. And we know what changed because God raised up the Apostle Paul and delivered a message called the mystery to him which reveals that Israel is no longer the preeminent nation. Now it's Jew and Gentile. No difference. Under prophecy, though, they most definitely had a preeminent position. The world had to come through Israel in order to be saved. But today, Paul says that there is no difference. Jew and Gentile are on an equal footing today before God. And again, it shows you God's plan obviously changed. But after the rapture, it reverts back to Israel being preeminent within the tribulation period in the millennial kingdom. Deuteronomy 28 and Isaiah 61 will be fulfilled in that day. The sixth distinction is that under prophecy, the Gentiles are to be blessed through Israel's instrumentality. Zechariah 8, verses 13 and 23 say, And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. John 4.22, the Lord told the woman at the well, Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, through their instrumentality. But under the mystery, the Gentiles are not blessed through Israel's instrumentality, but rather their obstinacy. Acts 13, verses 44 to 46 says, And the next Sabbath day came, almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming, and Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Romans 11.30 also says, For as ye, or ye Gentiles, in times past have not believed God, yet 
have now obtained mercy through their, or Israel's, unbelief. Now that passage in Zechariah 8, when it talks about ten men laying hold of the skirt of a Jew, if, if ten men take hold of a Jew under grace, it's usually not with good designs. The seventh distinction made in the chart by Pastor Stam is that under prophecy, the Gentiles to be blessed through Israel's rise. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3 read, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. But under the mystery, you find that the Gentiles have been blessed through Israel's fall. In Romans chapter 11, verses 11, 12, and 15, it says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? In other words, have they stumbled that they should fall permanently? And Paul's answer to that was, God forbid. But rather through their fall or their temporary fall, Salvation is come unto the Gentiles, and that's us, people of the nations, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and that's what we're experiencing today under grace, the riches of the world through Israel's fall, because God has turned to the world in grace, giving all an opportunity to be saved. And when we believe, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings. He says, if... The, if this results in the riches of the Gentiles, he says, how much more their fullness? And that fullness is talking about the millennial kingdom, when Israel will have the fullness of everything that God wanted them to be through Christ as their Messiah reigning over them. That'll be their time of fullness, and then it'll be the riches of the Gentiles and that day as well. So through their fall and through their fullness, both have resulted in the riches of the Gentiles. For if the casting away, Romans 11, 11, 15 says, For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall be the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Israel's fall is only temporary. After the rapture, God will raise Israel back up. And then it'll be like life from the dead in that day when she is raised back up. And in the kingdom, she will experience the fullness of everything God has for her. She will be God's light in reaching the world. In the future, after the rapture, God will use Israel to reach the nations with the gospel of the kingdom. But today, the nations are blessed because God has turned to the Gentiles, to have a program with the Gentiles because Israel fell. We have been shown mercy, and we have been shown grace. And the message from Romans 9-11 through 11 is that we should be careful not to take that blessing for granted, that God has made a program with us, the Gentiles. And we should be so thankful that God had this program in mind from eternity past, and when Israel fell in unbelief that he had planned to have a program with the nations and give us such a blessed opportunity to be his people who believe, to be a part of his church, and to serve him as believers in the body of Christ, and to have a heavenly hope and calling.
Romans 12.1 is such a familiar verse. And it's written right on the heels of Romans 9 through 11, written in light of the amazing blessing and mercy that God has shown to us, the nations under grace. It's because of these mercies that Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The eighth distinction is that under prophecy, prophecy mainly concerns nations as such. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 4 says, And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against the nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Matthew chapter 25 verse 32 says, when the Lord, after His second coming, He has a judgment of all the nations. And it says, Before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Under the mystery, though, you see that in contrast to God dealing with nations as a whole, you see that the mystery concerns individuals. Romans ten twelve to 13 says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Individuals, of course, make up nations, but under Israel's program, it focuses on the nations as a whole. And you see that in Matthew 25 in the Lord's judgment of the nations after the tribulation, before him are gathered all nations. He separates those who treated Israel with kindness and helped the nation of Israel in the tribulation by faith, and those who didn't help Israel at all. The sheep nations that helped Israel are allowed entrance into his millennial kingdom, but the nations that were unkind to Israel are cast into everlasting fire. But under grace, God has turned to the world, and it's whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He's, God's dealing with individuals today. And individual people from all over the world who simply trust that Christ died for their sins and rose again are saved and made members of the true church, the one church, the body of Christ. And we are all one in Him. Thank you for watching Transformed by Grace. Next time we're going to be continuing to walk through the comparisons between prophecy and the mystery. The Berean Bible Society was founded over 75 years ago for the sole purpose of helping believers understand and enjoy the Word of God. Our organization holds without apology to all the fundamentals of the Christian faith, and we believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone, based on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please stop by for a visit or call 262-255-4750 or visit us online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society 
is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.